Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Northwest and the Raw podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Karen Staunton, who is one of the owners of Northwest Raw. We discuss quite a few things. Mostly, we focus on the science of food, how she comes up with the delicious flavors, and then how difficult it was for Northwest Raw to combine the three elements of fast, taste, and health into their business model. All right, folks, as always, enjoy. Well, neither of us are dietitians, and we work at a health food restaurant. Yeah. Because we have a desire to help people, and we have, you know, we've we've seen Webb get rid of his rheumatoid arthritis with yeah. all this cold pressed juice, and so yeah, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be really fun to talk to you. I'm mostly interested in your vision behind, because I know that you make a lot of the food, you come up with the recipes, and. I wanted to talk about your cookbook that I, I hope is in the works still because I would yeah. be interested in one of those. But I'm curious to your process, like how you make all the food at Raw. Well, I, I do come up with most of the recipes, but also we do have you know some staff that will come up with something every once in a while. So I don't want to just you know hog the show here. Right, we've got that. a head and chef, and yeah, we all do. That. And sometimes they'll come up with some pretty delicious things that we put on the menu. Mostly, I would say what inspires me is if I go to a restaurant, just a regular restaurant, or if I go out to somebody's house to eat, and they put some flavors together that I, my body is really enjoying. Yeah. And my palate, I'll say, and it may not be vegan, and most of the time it's not. So I'll go, how can I make this and make it vegan and make it like, the consistency and the flavors and everything as close as I can get to something that's not vegan. And so I come home and I gather the ingredients and I just start playing. And sometimes that's what happened when I, when I designed the Yellowstone, which is our curry bowl. Oh yeah. Um, we had gone out to a restaurant and we had had their, their big curry bowl and it was so delicious. And then I just came home and I thought, I, I bet we can make this without, meat or dairy or anything. Just turn it into a vegan version. Yeah. And it came out pretty good. Yeah. And and when that happens, sometimes I'm really surprised that, you know, <laughs> and I served it to some of the staff. We had some of the staff up and I served it to them and they were like, oh my gosh. Got to pat yourself so, on the back. Yeah. So then I, I, it just, it just fuels me and then yeah. something else. So that's usually how I come up with the recipes. Well, that's a, that's a really cool thing that makes raw unique is the balance of taste and health and it's it's cool to hear that story about just yeah we went to a thai food place and got inspired by the curry it was amazing so went home and made our own Mm -hmm. raw vegan gluten-free version it's pretty cool um so tell me about how that i mean can you give me another example of besides the yellowstone of something else that you've well i think the latest thing is well it's the, the tomato soup too but also um, the first, the next thing I think that the, one of the latest things is a, our signature salad, the Northwest. Oh yeah. Um, that dressing, I was over at my sister's house and she was serving some condiments along with, you know, uh, burgers and stuff like that. Oops. Um, and <laughs> we can't all be vegan all the time. <laughs> not all the time. No, sometimes not all the time. Uh, and she had this, this smoky onion sauce that she put on there. And I was like, I got to turn this into a dressing. And that's kind of where the dressing came from. And the idea for the salad was mostly just 
we don't didn't really have a salad with pear and hazelnut and the yeah. things that and i i we had the southwest which was is is one of my favorites and i thought how can we make you know kind of one that that signature salad of the northwest of ingredients that kind of come from the northwest right um and then the dressings are always um fun for me because i like yeah, it. I, I watched you make that onion <laughs> yeah oniony smoky is that yep, all what it is smoky, smoky onion, onion. Mm-hmm. i watched you make that and <laughs> the process of like taste testing and then you had me taste mm-hmm. test and the head chef taste test and like mm, this one's a little too smoky this one's way too oniony yeah and just hold the whole process takes, is pretty cool some, yeah it does take a lot of i like having uh taste testers I, I, I would say I think I have a pretty good palate for that. Like, I, I know when something's off. Yeah. But occasionally I'll, you know, we all, we all need others to balance us out. Occasionally I'll really like something. I don't know if this really ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it. Um, and, and other people will not like it. But actually, that's never happened. Really? No. I mean, I, because I usually am, I'm a perfectionist. And I will usually not want to showcase something until I've gotten it to where I go, okay, this is okay. Um, I would say other than the cheese sauce that we're trying to develop for our new mac and cheese mm-hmm. for our kids' menu, that has been a struggle for me. And I did take it, take what I had developed into the, the staff, and they kind of played with it a little bit. And I think they got it better. So... So yeah, I think yeah. It sometimes it takes a team. Yeah. And sometimes uh, not. But that isn't out yet. But hopefully, with our kids' menu. Well, we should put your out. perfectionism to the test, mm-hmm. and make a video of like the process from start to finish of like, okay, this was our first go at the cheese. The cheese sauce. The cheese sauce, yeah. and like it wasn't good, and just like show the whole process. You know, people yeah. I think would like to see the journey. Of yeah. How you fun. came to make something and not just show and and have everybody taste the final product but maybe give them a glimpse into you know the failed yeah. attempts and yeah well that'd be fun because i usually start up here in my little kitchen that's usually where it all starts yeah you know and then when i get it to a point where i th- either when i get to a point where i've hit a wall and i don't feel like i have the necessary uh, ingredients sometimes to take it further i can go to raw because they have more ingredients there than i do um and then we can usually tweak it out but yeah mm-hmm. what do you guys look for in a head chef you know typically it's it's someone who first off who will taste everything and has the ability to to keep everything consistent because occasionally you know you'll make something and it says a half an onion and you'll throw the half an on- onion in there and it's really a strong onion and it takes everything you know it just doesn't stay consistent oh yeah so someone who knows how to taste something and go, that's not the same as the last, you know. So someone who knows how to how to keep everything consistent by tasting. I like my chefs to taste, Yeah. you know, before something goes out the door. And we've had issues in the past where they don't taste and we've ended up with some kale chips on the shelf that weren't salted and things like oh. that, which, you know, you got to salt everything. Everything <laughs> needs salt. All food is just a vehicle for salt. That's right. That's my motto. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I guess not a, what's the opposite of a sweet tooth? Salt. Savory tooth, savory I guess. Tooth. Yeah. It's like a, kind of like a saber tooth maybe. I don't know. Speaking of savory, I know this isn't one of the menu items we're highlighting right now, but the Big Sur waffle. I, yeah. I can't stop talking about the waffles. <laughs> 
I've I've recently fell in love with the El Capitan, but that Big Sur waffle is really savory and salty. Oh yeah, the one with the pesto. Yeah, and, and the, the toma- tomatoes. Tomatoes. And stuff. That I think came about, and I did not design that one. That was designed by a former manager, um, and we had been trying to come up with ideas because we kind of wanted to do some some vegan sandwiches in our grab and go and we still may do that but we just thought well maybe we'll just do waffles then and we'll just make one savory and one sweet and and so that's kind of where that came from because we we wanted we want to include and and one of my mottos is I, I like comfort foods on the menu like the curry like the soups and stuff the, yeah the mushroom soup the tomato soup because you know, food is, if you're a foodie, it just makes me happy to be able to go in and get toast with everything on it and yeah. a waffle with everything on it. And the everything waffle, which is our, our El, no, it's not our El Capitan. The El Capitan is the, the one that you can make up yourself. Yeah, the customizable um, one. The Big yeah. Sur is the savory one and the Big Bear. Is that the Big other one Bear. you're talking about? The Big Bear was actually designed. Now, the waffle itself I think you talked to Victoria from Yes Bakery that yeah. she comes up with that. We tweak it a little bit in, in-house. But um, my daughter, Rachel, came up with that one. She mm. she came up with all the goodies on that one. So Thank God for Rachel. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel, if you're listening to this episode. <laughs> I love that waffle. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so good. And I can't, I still can't understand how it's gluten-free. Yeah, well... It's like a seed base. Victoria and I yeah. talked about this on one of the yeah. episodes. It, she's she's amazing. I love Victoria. Yeah, she's really innovative, which is yeah. cool. I think that's what I would look for in a head chef. Somebody yes. who's innovative, mm-hmm. who has a good good uh, sense for, for balance mm-hmm. and doesn't favor or isn't too biased for something, mm-hmm. but can kind of give the broad scope of the mm-hmm. of the palette of tastes and flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So one question I had for you that I was just thinking about you know how when you work at a restaurant and on your lunch break, you'll like take something from the menu, but then like kind of make it your own because you work there and you want to mm-hmm. make it your own. Have you ever had an employee do that? And then that ends up being on the menu, like a customized, a customized kind of tweaked thing? Yeah. Yeah, we, we do. We've, I think we've had a couple smoothies um, designed by people making their own smoothies in house, and I think nice. it was one of the green ones, and I can't think of the name. Um, and that's another thing that we want to bring in this next year is another green smoothie. Nice. Yeah, and we've talked about that as well. Uh, maybe something that's even like a green Bloody Mary, but without the alcohol. So that's what we're playing. Bring we're the alcohol. Play with. Well, Don't well, we'll leave that do out. that too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a hope too. Is that we get to the cool. point where we can have some organic alcohol and yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. How hard has it been for you to combine the three elements of fast, tasty, and healthy at raw? I think because I mean because raw kind of evolved and became its own person, if you will, in that we didn't start out to be a food place and I designed four salads and was it mostly just cold pressed juice it was cold pressed juice and and like four or five smoothies Ah. and that and no we didn't have any meal replacement at that time and so just yeah mostly just the salads and then when people started coming in they they would ask for a few more things um you know do you guys have 
you know, breakfast items or anything like that. And we just kind of, it just kind of has evolved. So what was your question again? <laughs> How hard it's been to combine the elements of oh, fast, right. tasty, and yeah. healthy. But it, I mean, it kind of answered my question. You've just allowed raw to kind of grow into itself. So sounds like it wasn't really too hard. You just kind of started off with cold pressed juice because that's what, mm-hmm. you know, was uh, inspiring to you guys. And then mm-hmm. raw just became its own human being not really a human but its own entity and then it it just grew into making food that was you know fast to make i guess at least for fast fast for people to come in and and just grab and it's so delicious and healthy and so i just find those three elements fast tasty and healthy Mm -hmm. really at least i thought they would be challenging to combine but you guys did I i think because our whole the whole um, vision and mission of raw was to fuel people so that they would get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Because mm-hmm. those two things, when you have, and that's why uh, our the inside of our store is you go, it's like going outside, but you're inside. You yeah. Know? So that's why we designed it that way, was because food outside, like in a picnic or anything like that, it just tastes better. And I think the two <laughs> elements true. of having outdoor and having... Uh, really good tasting food are, are really good just good elements for people and fun yeah. and so having something that you could throw in a backpack like a salad or a, a juice and then head to the hills or go out for a run and sit on a rock and eat your stuff that just kind of has always been you know the goal of ours and so whenever we do develop something or whenever raw tends to be to evolve a little bit more and I hope it never stops because it's kind of what happens with we humans, you know, we just keep evolving and and growing. And when Rod does that, we, we try to think of things like even the waffle. Well, how can we make that so that people can take it out? So whenever we design something, there are a few things I think that are hard to eat on the go, but still we try to design it so that at least it's a little easier yeah. to eat on the go. I think every single item I've had on the go really oh yeah i mean as the one of the content creators i'm yeah going up into the mountains and going to the coast yeah and uh riding horses and doing all kinds of stuff and the last time i went snowshoeing on the back side of mount ashland i brought the pho soup the tomato soup and wow. the mushroom soup up with me i just put them in one of the raw mirror bottles yeah just had it up on the top of the mountain. Oh, that's impressive. Because yeah. that's the other thing I was thinking about. I thought, you know, our soups, I'd really like to get them a little more mobile. So if we got like, were to sell like those little mirror soup canisters or yeah, whatever, you, you know, so that people could buy those and, and take their soup on the go. Um, I'd like, I'd like to, you know, be able to get some, you know, have, have them take something warm. Yeah. Because as a snowboarder, you want to have more than just a juice, I guess. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's nutritional and things but you want to have something more substantial it's going to fill you up yeah so uh having a soup yeah. up on the top of the mountain was pretty yeah perfect and what about taking that big bear and just fold it in half and <laughs> yeah. a sandwich right big bear sandwich let's <laughs> find a way to make that happen <laughs> so just to get a little bit scientific we talked about tasty food and healthy food and it's also fast so what's happening in your brain? I know that uh, before the podcast, we were talking about how unhealthy food, it does something to your brain where it will, you know, it will flood your brain with dopamine or serotonin. And <laughs> forgive my non-scientific jargon. 
I'm not a scientist or a dietitian, so I know nothing. But I do know that bad food or the food that's not healthy for you can be addictive Mm -hmm. because of the dopamine and the Mm -hmm. serotonin dumping that happens in your brain when you eat them. So can you talk more to that and about the opposite Mm -hmm. opposite of what happens with healthy food? Well, I, like you, I'm neither a scientist nor a nutritionist, but I do love food and I do love nutrition. And because of Webb's rheumatoid arthritis and because we have a son who has seizures and other um, physical ailments, we really try to eat healthy around here. Yeah. And we didn't always. And and what I began to see when we kind of switched to more of a plant-based occasional grass-fed um, um, animal products or fish. Uh, I really saw, we first off, we really noticed a difference in our son's behavior um, with seizures. And Oh, wow. Yeah. and That's huge. And that told me something, you know, in my own experiment was that that food that he was eating was affecting his brain. And when we took and gave him only healthy options, he became much calmer um, he stopped banging his head. He stopped yelling a lot. He wow. still yells a little, but not a lot. Um, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yelling a lot. Exactly. <laughs> so I, you know, and, and some of, you know, raised four children and now I have six grandchildren and I see the, the effects of white sugar processed foods and all that on them and how they behave after they've had it. And, you know, it, there's nothing like experiencing, um, it firsthand. You can read about it and you could read all the science and everything, but when you watch it happen before your eyes with your child or your grandchild or, or your spouse or yourself, and you realize that as you put things in your body and you become, you do become what you eat, um, and your brain is designed to to run on on really good fats and carbs and you know, proteins, obviously, yeah. and stuff like that. But the majority of your brain is made out of fats. So I we, can speak to that. You're, you are what you eat. It's yeah. very true. Don't judge me. I'm about to tell a story. This one time, <laughs> I had a, I went to Mod Pizza, mm-hmm. and I just got all the things that I wanted to get, which was <laughs> mostly garlic on my pizza. Ooh, I love garlic. I love garlic. I got the garlic rub, the garlic... <laughs> cloves and the garlic drizzle and all that and then i went to my mom's house the next day i gave her a big hug and she's like you smell like garlic I'm like well, i mean i showered you know <laughs> but it's just like seeping out of my skin yeah, you know there you go so you it, it really does affect your i mean your pheromones for one but yeah. just the way that you feel the way i mean your son the way that his yeah. brain operates and functions yeah and uh we've all heard of human beings who get hangry Yes. I'm one of them. Yeah. And uh, after I eat, I'm just a completely different person. Yeah. It really can affect your mood. It can. And what you put in can even affect your mood. And when you, at least some of the studies have shown that the, if you are drinking really sugary drinks and eating a lot of processed foods, that you can have high anxiety, um, deep depression. Oh, yeah. Like Red that. 40, so, like artificial colorings. Mm-hmm. I, I just read a study that talked about how red 40 can contribute to ADHD in children. Yeah, definitely. I saw that with some, one of my children yeah. as well. And we had to pull all, all dyes out of his diet. Um, but you know, I think, you know, I don't, I, I like 
to give people the benefit of the doubt and think they they'll figure it out. You know, I think anyway they'll figure it out because when Some you people put, might when you put really good things in your body long for a long enough time, those cravings for the white sugar and white flour just kind of go away. Now it's it's not that you don't appreciate or really enjoy a nice piece of garlicky French bread every once in a while or a, a big bowl of linguine yeah. with garlic and butter and all that. Oh, gosh. But, you know, but you don't, that's not what you feed your body continually. So that's a treat or a piece of cake or whatever. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't like to, um, like, deny myself right. any kind of a treat. Nobody wants to be an extremist. Yeah. You can't. Can't have anything fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not for that, but I do think if the majority of food you feed your body is plant-based and organic and non-genetically modified, um, that you, you'll you feel better. And, and then you begin to make better choices. You begin to not be so anxious. You, you want to go outside and exercise. So I, I at least I, that's what I think. Yeah. Again, I'm I mean, not, I've... You can speak to your own experience. I can speak to yeah. mine as I've been eating more consciously healthy. It wasn't very fun at first. My right. God, I just miss fries and trans yeah. fats yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sugar. Like I miss carbs. I grew up on just pretzels and string cheese. <laughs> but then I started re- recognizing like, oh, maybe this is something I need to pay attention to. It's right. becoming more of a more common knowledge. People are getting mm-hmm. more awareness that what you put in your body is important. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, mostly eating it raw because I work there. And so I, it was just in my face all the time. So I'm like, I'm going to eat this stuff. And I started buying more organic produce from the store, mm-hmm. eating more fish mm-hmm. and and red meat sparingly. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed from my own experience, my uh, brain fog started going away. I do have mm-hmm. ADD. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that uh, starting to, the effects of that were less. Mm-hmm. Uh, more, more, just a clearer head, clearer skin, mm-hmm. a more sustainable energy level. Mm-hmm. And now, when I do go have my my cheat days or treat days, whatever you want to call them, uh, the flavors are way more intense. True. Some foods I don't even like anymore. Yeah. Certain uh, certain chips, like they're way too spicy, like Takis and <laughs> you know sp- spicy Cheetos. <laughs> I still like them, but they're just not as. I just don't crave them anymore. The intensity is will get you because I mean, yeah. if you haven't had, say, a piece of cake or a potato chip in a long time, and you're eating pretty healthy, and you pop that in your mouth, it's kind of like it gives you the shivers. Yeah. Like, wow, how can people eat this all the time? Mm-hmm. And and it is definitely something that tran- that is transpiring in your body and shifting your brain. It it has an actual physical effect on all of that. So the the psychology in being able to grab something that, first off, ap- appeals to the eye. Oh, yeah. So you always like to make something, you know, this beautiful, that's why chefs, you know, you know, famous chefs and everything, they design their plates and you just could sit there and look at it for a while. Mm-hmm. So you eat with your eyes first. So designing something beautiful that the eye, first off, takes in. And then if if it tastes good as well, and also is your body knows, the body knows. The body not only will be, be able to take that in, but also use every aspect of what you're eating if it's a really good, say one of our salads at Raw. Those, there's nothing in those salads that your body will not use. Um, and so when I think about all those 
you know, as a foodie, I'm looking at my food. When I taste my food, does it taste good? And is it good for me? What I don't want to do, and I know sometimes you can't get away with this. Like if you're going to do a ginger shot, ah, doesn't taste that good. Yeah. But it's good for you. If, you, if you're going to come down with a cold or something, that's a good thing to knock a cold with. It doesn't taste good. But so that's a really rare thing. I think healthy food needs to taste good and does taste good mm. when it's prepared properly. But, I like that philosophy. Yeah. You have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I, <clears throat> that's why I wanted to talk to you about this today because I know that you're big on that. You want it to taste good. It's important to you. And I think that uh, a lot of people can appreciate that. I hope so because it's my, it's just kind of my thing. I don't want to chomp into something just because it says healthy on the men or on the label and have it taste not very good. It's just so disappointing. Yeah. And that also has a mental effect on you. It's like, oh, I got to eat this way. It's healthy, but oh, it tastes crappy. Yeah. You know, I, I, and that has a mental effect on you. So if you can eat healthy and it tastes really good, that's a really brightening. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. <laughs> so tell me, I know we wanted to highlight the uh, tomato soup. We're trying to do yes. more menu item highlights. Yeah. And this week you were talking about the, the tomato soup. The tomato soup is is our newest soup, and when I designed it here at home, I kept trying, like, to cook the tomatoes down, and and you you know I, there was no way I could make it with raw tomatoes. Mm. I, that was my goal, raw tomato soup. But when I started researching lycopene and tomatoes, the lycopene is actually much easier absorbed by the body if it is processed. Interesting. So we, when we make our tomato soup, use an organic tomato paste. And that's much easier for the body to get all those good nutrients out of that tomatoey, tomatoey taste. Oh, gotcha. So when I designed it, I kind of, now not, I don't know if I can say this, there's trademark soups out there, you know, and you, you grew up with them. And yeah. you, you know, when you, you, something in the brain, you know, it's like a comfort food. So when you take a bite of, tomato soup it's got to be close but it's also for me that's and that's another thing that I try to do it's like if I ate this as a child and it, it has a real positive effect on me I like tomato soup and grilled cheese which we hope to be coming up with soon as a, as a form of grilled cheese <laughs> vegan cream cheese. but you know when you eat that there's just it takes you back and it it, it the brain just kind of goes into a place. So I was sitting there and I just kept tasting and tasting until I got it to the point where I felt like, okay, this is a comfort food. And then I took it in and the staff squirted that our cheese sauce all over the top or our cashew cheese sauce, oh, and yeah. you know put on some basil or whatever. It was, and it was then it was like, oh, we're done. <laughs> this is designed. Keep and, it simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. It and it pairs really nicely with our uh alward toast the avocado toast yes i know that was a special we were running for a while but that yeah it's so good we might need to do that again because that's a really i mean it is a first off it's a comfort food and we're still kind of in the cold weather and we want to be comforted and hopefully we'll be able to open our doors and get people in by the fireplace soon yeah i hope yeah. so yeah tis the season for comfort food next to a fire it is <laughs> We all need that right now. Yeah, I just miss seeing people in my restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I do too. It's sad to see it all cautioned off, but, yeah. you know, doing our best to, yep. you know, be smart and follow, oh, the, absolutely. follow the laws. Absolutely. We don't want to 
we do not want to contribute to anything negative. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, I didn't want to take away from anything you had in your notes. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Or did we cover everything? Well, I, I'm pretty sure you, you covered everything because you're such a good interviewer. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I didn't. Um, yeah, you know. Oh, maybe I should say my little quote, though. In India, they have this saying, their ancestors used to say, before 50, eat food as medicine. Otherwise, after 50, we will eat medicine as our food. Ugh, yikes. And I like that saying because I like to inspire people to eat healthy. Yeah, the image is terrible, like just eating pills and medication is food. I know, but how many people do you know? How many people do we know? Over 50, much more over 50 probably, but still it's, it saddens me. And, and if you have to, I'm not against medicine at all um, in its place, but I do feel like we can take, we have power. We're, we, can, we have, there's active measures we can there take. Is. To, You're a powerful person. Everybody's a powerful person. You have the, you know, the, what we have within us to make decisions to better our lives. And I think everybody can do that. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm glad to be part of the Northwest Raw team where we're trying to do that, you know, watching people improve their lives and take control of their diets and eat a little bit more consciously and intentionally. And health is important. If you can avoid eating pills when you're 50, why not try and do that? Yeah. Why not just substitute a juice every day or a salad every day? And you can even make them at home. I'm not even, you know, saying come in. Well, do, but, but also, you know, choose to eat healthy at home. And, and it, it, uh, it also is, is for me, it's like when I see people making choices and because we have a lot of caregivers coming in, taking care of Zach, I've watched these people because we, we just, you know, we eat healthy here, change their diets and they're transforming themselves. Yeah. And they, they just never learned how to cook and they didn't learn how to make those kind of choices. And then, to see them, it's that just to me is just like it warms my heart. That's, I I love to see people bettering their lives by, by getting healthy, taking charge. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that coming out with a Northwest Raw cookbook would be that cookbook sweet. is actually something that we feel pretty, pretty passionate about. It's a huge project. Yeah, and so that is something that I don't want to do halfway. So kind of waiting for, um, first off, it's, it's a big financial undertaking mm. because, you know, the taking the pictures of all the food and all that can be incredibly expensive. Yeah. And going into a book, you want it to be as good yeah. as it can be. And then you've got to write your stories about how the, you know, I don't know if, if we want to do that kind of a cookbook, but where you write how the, how this recipe yeah, the, came the about, about how, yeah, yeah a little bit of history like and, all those whenever i i feel like whenever i go on pinterest and look up a, a recipe mm-hmm. i always have to read or i'm not have to but i'm always reading somebody's blog where mm-hmm. they talk about the whole process mm-hmm. which uh, i don't know sometimes it's nice i guess if you want to know the history of the thing but sometimes i just want to get to the recipe mostly i just want to get to the recipe so <laughs> i think uh you know a little a little a paragraph or something on on the food, if not on every recipe, because boy, yeah, that gets tiresome. I think you could put it in there, you know, like some, some people would care, especially if it's yeah. a, raw, a Northwest Raw branded cookbook. Yeah. You could put in a little blurb about 
maybe not make it the main focus. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely have the, you know, the photos and the recipe be the mm-hmm. focus, but maybe like a little blurb saying this was inspired by this or this is how this came mm-hmm. to be. Here you go. If you're interested, it's there. Yeah. If you're not, it's not the main focus. Yeah. Most, yeah, because most of the recipes and all the juices were, I don't know that we'll give away our juice recipes, but <laughs> that's a different, that's a, that was a whole different process. Yeah. But the, the, uh, a lot of the recipes have a story behind them. Yeah. Well, got to give people a reason to come in. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't give them everything. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you, Karen. I appreciate your time um, and for your wisdom and your passion about food and taste and health. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much Thanks, for coming Hammond. on the podcast. Thanks for having me.